Just a quick note before we start this week's show. Uh, we recorded this live in a pub after the West Ham match. So a um, little bit of anger, mostly drowned out by alcohol. There is some adult language, so if you're listening with children, uh, I say it in the intro again, but I wanted to give you the heads up now uh, before the show starts. If you're listening with children, uh, I suggest maybe you uh, wait till another time or put some headphones on. Okay? Uh, here's the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, as you can tell, I am not in a noise-controlled environment. Uh, I am out exploring uh, your wonderful country, and I'm still in London. Uh, it is currently raining. It is currently a little gloomy. I'm getting... Uh, some verbal, uh, or not some verbal, some um, hand signals from uh, a man on a bus. I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that for now. But uh, I am sitting here uh, enjoying myself uh, for the moment, just taking a second to record this. And um, as always, you know, this podcast is partnered with The Saints Report. So for all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to visit The Saints Report on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Um, but obviously, uh, as many of you will know, I am over in, in London this week. Uh, I was at the West Ham game for my first ever match, and it wasn't great. Um, but uh, I have a lot of people to thank for um, just making that opportunity possible. Um, a lot of you have asked what happened with the tickets, um, and all I will say about it is that I had tickets set up uh, through somebody at the club who um, had the ability to get tickets, was trying to do me a favor, and it just didn't work out. And so it's nothing that that, that person did um, in on purpose it wasn't anything they were they were trying to do rude or anything like that it was just that it didn't work out and so um what had to happen was as i was getting on the plane i had to kind of put out the last minute call for for tickets and i found one and special thanks to gary h uh whiz i am on twitter and then roy Vinner, who actually uh, had the ticket and um to all three of you and Freddie from the Ugly Inside, who basically had to babysit me uh, through London and on the uh, public transit lines, you've probably heard me say before um, we don't we have like one bus route where I live and I don't use it. So um, the uh, I'm partially I'm also partially colorblind, so the uh, using using the tube map and things like that would have been a challenge. But Freddie Freddie had me covered, so um, I, I did promise you guys all some beer, and I think I got too drunk to uh, to come through with that. So. Uh, I apologize for for that, but I will I will make it up to you. Um, I, I do promise I am a man of my word, and I will do that. So um, I'll be back. It's just one more excuse uh, to come back and make good on that. So uh, on this episode, obviously, uh, we didn't have the greatest result against West Ham. It was not the best match for me to attend, but um, I enjoyed it so very thoroughly. I cannot I cannot say thank you enough to all of you um, who have reached out and apologized for the team and things like that. Um, 
as much as as much as I'm disappointed in, in the way we played, and as, as big of a result as that is, uh, for me personally, right now, there's a lot of traffic. I'm sorry, but for me personally, right now, um, getting to meet so many of you just just to see you in the ground and to see you afterwards at, at the pub and to, to just spend time with with you guys and, and talk and meet new people, um, it was the most special experience I've ever had in a sporting sense, and uh, I. I have no regrets about it, about any of it. Uh, of course, I always wish for a better result, but um, I, I would, I would take um, uh, something more uh, humiliating, defeating, whatever you want to do, just just to meet more of you guys, because that that is really what this is all about. And um, and we have some good reminders of that. And um, so so on on this week's episode, I met with uh, the guys from the Ugly Inside, so Nick, Clive, and Freddie, um, and we sat down just to talk about what they were thinking at the time when they when they started the fanzine what what things were like um and and, and i can say we had we had kind of grand plans uh for doing this and you, you can probably also see it on the ugly inside youtube page because uh, we did a uh, video record some of the conversation but uh, we met at the crown and cushion which is a uh, a big pub here well, not a big pub it's a small pub uh over on westminster bridge street or something like that in in london and we met with them, and we sat in there, and it was busy. And we sat, had a few beers, and just kind of talked about what they uh, what they were thinking when when the ugly inside was was started, and so uh, and how it kind of developed into what it is now. Uh, so we talked about that for a while, and then we also got the opportunity to sit down and talk with Robbie and Gary, who are two of the members uh, who have been around a long time with the London Saints. So uh, celebrating 30 years of the ugly inside, 40 years of the London Saints, uh, and just really having good conversations with those guys. And I will be honest with you that. Um, I, I don't drink a ton, and uh, so to come over and, and have, a, have, have the recording at the end of a match day uh, where I drink more than I normally do, um, you are going to hear some swear words, you are going to hear some things like that, so if you are offended by that or if you have children that are um, um, listening, just know that this, is, that this comes after a, a, a humiliating defeat. Uh, and a long day and a long time in the pub. So um, know that that is coming. If you are listening with children, I would recommend you probably uh, wear some headphones or something like that. So um, anyway, uh, once again, thank you to all of you who have reached out, who have helped make this trip um, special. Uh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, My family and I still have uh, the rest of the week here in London and in the rest of the country. We're going to go down to Southampton this, this weekend. So uh, we are really looking forward to exploring more. If you have travel ideas, travel tips, anything that I have to do, uh, kind of the normal tourist stuff is, is there. I saw the London jewels, uh, things like that. We're going to be on the London Eye, all that stuff. So, it, But if you have something that maybe is uh, off the beaten path that uh, you think maybe we should do, we're going to, we're going to see the Sea City Museum. Uh, we're going to visit St. Mary's. So uh, anything else, uh, feel free to, to reach out and let me know. Uh, it would be my pleasure to... Uh, go ahead and, and do that for you. So uh, anyway, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk here too much. Uh, you'll notice this episode is mostly unedited, uh, mostly because with the background noise and things that are in the pub, uh, it's difficult to make clean edits, which is, is an issue. Uh, and also I'm sitting out here and, uh, you know, I have a, a vacation to, to enjoy. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, next week, we'll be back with another episode. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to sit down and, and interview Anthony Amy over the phone a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm going to be proud to, to bring you that episode. I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, that will be next week. And then we'll be back to normal um, after that. And, uh, you know, th- that's it. So uh, for now, I'm going to get off of here and let you listen to my conversation with Nick, Clive, and Freddie of The Ugly Inside to help celebrate 30 years of uh, the fanzine and, and what it's grown into. Uh, and directly after that, you'll hear from Robbie and Gary, who are two members of the London Saints. Uh, I hope it all sounds okay. Uh, 
Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate everything. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. So we'd like to welcome you guys to this episode of this live episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Um, we are here live at the Q- Crown and Cushion. Crown and keep Cushion, calling, yep. Keep calling Crown it Crown Q and Cushion. And cushion. Uh, so at the Crown and Cushion, and we're here uh, mostly to celebrate you guys having 30 years of, of the ugly inside. And so um, we're going to leave the result for today aside for a while. And let's just, let's just get into a little bit of... Uh, uh, of who we have here because people can't see everybody and then uh, and then why or how uh, the Ugly Inside came about and we'll, we'll talk about all that so let's go around here and go ahead and introduce yourself yeah my name's Nick Ellingsworth I was the total genius behind the Ugly Inside Clive piggybacked on my uh, no me and Clive formed the Ugly Inside in 1988 and without the power of us it would never have happened no it was it was uh, ambitious at the start because we just wanted to give fans a voice, an alternative voice, which hadn't been heard before. Uh, there was there was one fanzine called uh, uh, Junk Mail, Junk Mail, Junk yeah. Mail which uh, was probably more and what should we say to be favourable to them, an aged yeah. supporters viewpoint. Yeah. And we wanted to give the youngsters a bit more, a bit more of a platform. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we probably had the uh, idea for a fanzine two years earlier when we used to have the end fanzine in Liverpool and the ins and outs. And as early as 1984, we used to do a sort of printed sheet of ins and outs in the Painted Wagon Club. Yeah, the, in, the ins and outs, the, the ins was what was in at the time, and the outs obviously was what was outs. It was just, it was just a fashion thing in football really or, or anything really possibly music possibly football could be even fashion couldn't it yeah I mean and and it was very it was very tongue in cheek it was and we, that was as early as 1984 and we we had the thoughts but 1988 April 1988 there was probably by junk mail who did something and we'd never done something stirred us to, to do something and we had I mean, what do we have above junk mail, really? We had enthusiasm. We were a bit more street rather than what they were. Yeah. Uh, and we were We were even young in those days. We were, yes. I was 19. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but we went out and did it. And it's something to be proud of. I'm very proud of what we did as we had inside. And I'm very proud it's lasted 30 years. Because we were, you know, with first couple of issues, we we couldn't afford to have it printed properly. We got it printed in plain sheets, didn't we? we went in photocopying, photocopying, stapling we it, stapling it ourselves, yeah. and a lot of things like that. Selling it on street corners, on street corners <laughs> with dodgy yeah. looks from police officers, yeah. and yeah. So it was, a, it was all a bit, it was all a bit. Um, Higgledy piggledy. Higgledy piggledy at the start. Whichever word you want to look, yeah. But it is what defines us and, and probably what the difference is now in the fact that nowadays you go on a 
you can go on social media, you can go on Facebook, you can go on Instagram, you can do anything and put that out. But at the time, there was none of that. We had to spend a lot of time producing the magazine, folding it up, stabling it, and standing on street corners. So, so uh, when you guys, when this first started, when you guys are doing that, you guys are are doing this. You're getting it printed. You're stapling it yourselves. You're folding it yourselves in your in your house. And and how do you keep the content fresh? How did you make sure that it wasn't something that was, you know, something that changed between, you know, a, a week ago and, and that time? At the start, we. There was a lot of people that chipped in, weren't there, Nick? Really? Yeah. A lot of different people. And I think everybody had their own little style and their own little flavour, so it kept it fresh. Yeah. And it was a new idea, and the people took to it. The biggest thrill I think you get from producing things like this was looking at people at half time and they're reading your magazine and you think my goodness we're actually we're actually doing something right here you know and, and that was that was a big thing really because it weren't you wanted to give the fans an alternative voice it was always about giving Saints fans a voice uh, and as Clive said you know it's not like today you have to put yourself out to do it and uh, we did that uh, I don't know blow me on trumpet or Clive's trumpet or that but it's not like the day where you can just go on Instagram social media you had to go out and do something and it, it wasn't like today where it's instant. We would print something a week before we could get a fanzine out on the street. And things could change a lot, but it never... You it, just went with it. Yeah, sometimes it, it went horribly wrong, and sometimes it went horribly... And it went fantastically right. That was yeah. that was just the gamble of, of doing things off the cuff a little bit. Absolutely. So now... You know, you you guys started the, the fanzine, and and what was the the mood around the club in, in terms of ownership and, and and players and things like that at, at the time when you did it? And are there any similarities to kind of maybe what we're seeing now with our owner kind of not really speaking out or, or like you know for some many of the fans, myself included, who weren't around then, what was uh what, what was it like back then? Well, I'd say initially there wasn't a lot of anti the club. We were doing the second issue we produced when we took. At the Arsenal, we were like third in the league, weren't we? But it, got, yeah. it went down a little bit. But there wasn't the mass panic every time you lost a game. But it all did really gel in 1993 with Ian Brentford. Yeah, it that, went that on was... from 91 to 93, it sort of went like that. I mean, how, how, how many copies did you sell on an average weekend? Well, if you, you think at the peak, at the start it was very, very small. You're talking about a few hundred. We probably you know. sold 300 to 400 on yeah. the first issue. But that was way above our expectations. Yeah, and then it just grew and grew. And if you think at one point, when the capacity of the Dow was only... Okay, the Dow was 15,200. 15, there was 1,700 away fans, was it? Yeah. 15, so you, 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 your target audience is 13,500. And we were selling, at one point, we were selling over 3,000 copies yes. an issue. Okay. So that's one in, one in four. Which, how, how, how many staples does that take in your living room then? Yeah, well, no, I've got yeah. holes in my hands to prove it. To be it, fair, <laughs> that's those we could afford to get it done professionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then you think, yeah, one in four, that's, that's a pretty good shout. Yeah. That's a pretty good shout. But it wasn't about the numbers game, it was about 
what we were doing and, and hopefully the message we were giving out there. And of course, the, the I guess the Bramford thing was a massive issue. As, as is, okay, relegation is a massive issue for us right now, as is the ownership of the club. But in those days, it was all about Ian Bramford, who had been appointed, who, wanted a, who had a really long ball tactics, uh, hoofed the ball forward to a big centre forward. And we had a wonderful player. Obviously, everybody knows Matthew Letizia, who had fantastic skill. And I guess we stood up for Matty. And, and we, we were standing up for a different style of football to what the manager was trying to put out there. But what I think, so in a way, we did clash right there. Yeah, but the young, what younger viewers is say, listeners, they like to say, or listeners, won't really realise is that in that day, no one had a voice. You know, you either got your, you had a letter printed in the club programme, yeah, which was virtually impossible, and the, or the echo. So we gave people, say what you want, we'll print it. And that was it. Now, people, if you don't know what went on today at West Ham, you can be on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And, but we gave people a voice. A different sort of voice in yeah. those days, but it, yeah, it, it is was a different sort of voice. It was something that people latched onto, uh, definitely, and it became very popular within yeah. within within a couple of years. Yeah. We so. went it went like that, didn't it? Yeah. You, it you know, we, we stood on street corners and stood it with people going, "What the fuck's that?" And people going, "Oh, you're a twat." To, like three months later, going, oh, give me a copy, give me a copy. <laughs> That's true. So I just got to keep holding on, then, and eventually that'll stop. The uh, <laughs> sorry, the sorry that? no, no, no. That's what it went to. People went from abusing us to being really supportive of us very, very quickly. And wanting your product, basically. Yeah, wanting the product. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and from then, it's it's kind of now expanded to uh, the online, to, to the fan forum and, yeah. and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, we have we have the, the YouTube channel with Freddie and the fan cams. And then now even you guys are partnered with John, who does the, uh, the Saints FC podcast. So you guys have kind of branched out. Um, to you guys who were kind of behind the scenes and starting the original kind of fanzine, it, how do you do you like the the kind of new angle to it do you like kind of involving all the the other kind I think of fans it's good and bad I think there's good and bad I think the, the great thing is the aftermatch instant reaction you know so people can see genuine fans who've been there at the game rather than wait for the next you know rather than wait for sky sports or or, or wait for the papers the next morning they can get that instant reaction from the fans and the gut reaction I think and so that's a good thing but sometimes I don't know it's very raw isn't it it's very, it's very raw. raw that's very fine raw. I think raw is fine I just think sometimes the first reaction is not the right reaction yeah yeah I guess from the, you know you've only got to look at the managers that get caught out because it matters so much to them when something goes wrong for their team and they make a, a rash comment on, on media and then they get fined and they get banned or whatever. Fans are just the same. Fans are just the same, really. Absolutely. And, and Freddie, for, for you, when you are coming into this, you are coming into to, to working with, with these two gentlemen, how did, how did that happen? How did you become the guy who's do, who does the fan cams and things like that? Well, the, the video channel really sort of branched off the back of the, the fanzine already. Um, there was there was already an opening for you know 
for <laughs> for fan channels, and you know there wasn't a, there wasn't a Southampton channel. There was an opening for a Southampton channel, and. Uh, with, Nice to meet you. I'll take you in the Where was I? We back. You're branching off the fanzine. Yeah, there was there was no uh, there was there was no the fanzine yeah. in the forum only had you know a few thousand um, subscribers, followers across Facebook, Twitter, and it was only natural to go to jump on that. You know. Uh, there was you've seen a blow up of you know the whole Arsenal fan TV sort of thing, the whole sort of full time Devils United channels, and I think it was only natural to go forward with the Southampton channel. I think you know slowly but surely we've got there as part of a you know a fan community, and you know as, as a chapter say you know the the, the the instant raw reaction is what people want to see. People people come up to me and say you know love the channel, love love seeing the interviews, great sit. Yeah. It's got that same buzz that, that I think the fanzine generated in the paper format. So in the visual format, it's just a different. Time's moved on, mm. you know, and, and and now we're we're dealing with instant reactions after the game. And I think it's really good. Mm. It, it, for me, living living where I live in America, it is it is nice to see the fan channel because it was one of the first things I came in contact with. I actually came in contact with St. Mary's Musings, and then the fan channel were the first things I ever I ever followed. And because other than that, you wait for the big media companies, whether here at Sky Sports and BT, for us it's it's NBC. And if you let them tell the story of Southampton, uh, of of the club and of the team, it is much different than when you sit down and, and I talk to you guys or I talk to Freddie. And so for me, I think that it is a uh, like you said, it's very very raw sometimes, and sometimes you go like, oh, that guy is a, a bit over the edge. But uh, for the most part, it, it is uh, it is th- this is the story. This is the this is how the fans feel. This is what this is really how it is. Not compared to uh, what NBC says and, and, and things like that because they you know, tend to label us you know, how they do and, and then our, our, of course our, our chairman or whoever it was, Ralph Kruger, didn't really help when he came out and said we were a small club so uh, that's not my favorite thing so um, I don't know, what else, what else how, how else do you guys feel about, about the thing, is there anything else you want to you say about the fanzine and things like that? I, th- I think actually the thing is the fanzine, the forum, the video channel has given fans an uncensored opinion because you know media companies like to gag fans they like yeah. to you know they like to be un, you know censored family friendly whereas the fan channels it gives anyone from any background to say anything they like without censorship i think i think the premier league's become horrendously corporate and it's i think the fans given their their views is a breath of fresh air i think it's it's something that you know, they're giving their true feelings after a game, whether it be good or whether it be bad. You know, and, and I think it's really good because you get sold things with with Sky Sports and Fox Sports, whichever it happens to be. It doesn't matter. They they want to sell you a very crispy, lovely, clean cut image. The reality is somewhat different. You know, we're going to have bad days. We've had a terrible day today. You know, but we're also going to have good days. So. I think I think the fans giving their views after games gives you a much more accurate reflection of their, the emotions that you go through than what a clean cut TV thing would do. One one thing I would add to that actually that um, I found recently. You'll get your turn, Nick. 
<laughs> Chomping at the bit there. <laughs> One thing I found recently, actually, is that um, the official channels, the official clubs, are actually monitoring fan channels they to are, keep yes. their thing on the pulse, to keep you know their fans' opinions as part of their you know as part of their, their their feedback for their board meetings. You know, we've seen the opening of a fans' forum recently for Southampton. They'd done it a few years ago, didn't they? Over through the Championship yep. and League One days. Yeah. So now I reckon that the the official club channels are looking at the fan channels, the unofficial channels, as an unadulterated, un- you know, unadulterated, uncensored, yeah, there you go. uncensored view of things, you know, see what yeah. the raw feeling is. Well, that's probably a, a reversal back to when we went back to 1988-89, and the, the clubs did start to listen to what the fanzines said. They went back and that, and, and it goes round in cycles. What I will say, in conclusion, I've known Clyde for the best part of 40 years, sadly. But in all of my life, starting up the ugly inside and what we did and we gave Saints fans a voice remains one of the things that I am most proud of in my life, both personal, professional and whatever. And I think what we did do, what we set out to do when we set out to do it in 1988 and we've continued to do it mm. and things change but at the end of the day the ugly inside whether it's a fanzine whether it's a website or ever still gives fans a voice and that, and whether we disagree with that and me and Clive will disagree on things it's still set out to do what it set out to do 30 years ago and that I'm proud of that and I'll always remain proud of that and that's all I've got to say about that I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that but I, I appreciate all the work you guys have put in for, for so many years I mean I was kind of thinking about it before um, you, when you started this, this fanzine I was three years old and uh, it's been going strong ever since and so um, you know fans like Freddie and I's age when, when you guys are, are doing that that is something that we can look to and say you know it doesn't matter how bad it gets on the pitch or in the boardroom or whatever we always have kind of this to look to and this to, to voice uh, our opinion and, and I, I appreciate that as one and I'm sure many of the other fans out there do as well as the subscriber numbers and everything else uh, kind of shows you and walking around with Freddie today is kind of like a, I was with a celebrity a little bit everybody's saying hi we <laughs> like about our age <laughs> now I think I, I, I'd like to give credit to Freddie because you know it's a different format me and Nick wouldn't have a clue how to we, we have our own style uh, and, and we have our own we can just about things. work Skype can't we I think, yeah, well, we could just about, yeah we could just about work out Skype so you know I have to give credit to Freddie and his enthusiasm and yeah. and the way that he he gets all sorts of fans you know I, I think that's really important that it's not just one sort of a, a, a supporter that he, he enca- encapsulates all sorts of fans and their, their views so well done Freddie and absolutely hopefully just to be fair without Freddie we would be no, we would, down me, me and Nick would be hopeless we're okay over a pint Freddie has taken it on and moved it on where we couldn't do yeah. Uh, and given, as you say, oh, we, we don't know how to do Skype or we, the arguments in Skype or you whatever. You can like a phone, Nick. Yeah, I can't even work <laughs> a phone call, yeah. Yeah. But things move on and Freddie is the future and that's what has to be in football. Yeah. And that's what we did 30 years ago. We wanted to move on and move forward. We never wanted to look at the past. 
Yeah, um, I, I mean, I look at some of the other fans' channels and uh, the way that they interview people, and I just think, yeah, some are, some are fantastic, you know. Uh, they, they, they're dealing with hundreds of thousands of hits. We're dealing with, well, the best we get is about 5,000, but still, it's, it's, it's fantastic for us, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, Freddie does it very, very well, so... I mean, out of interest, Nick, how many sign-ups have you got for the website? How many users are actively... More or less. More or less. There's thousands. I mean, I couldn't say, purely and simply, because I couldn't say any day. I don't look at it about because I've never set up. Say, but it's like Clive says, we have three, at the time we have 3,000 people. We've got something like 5,000 members of the website. Mm. But how many of them log on? How many of them are double members? I don't know. But it's... I, I don't think, to be honest, numbers is nice, but I don't think it really matters. I think it... I think the content matters more than, than the numbers, and 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 what we what we're about, you know, that, that fans can can spout off. Yeah. You know. I mean, me and Clive will have many lively conversations about Saints, but I've known him for forty years. I firebombed his house twice, but apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, no, I haven't. No, one of them was someone else. <laughs> well, once again, thank you guys for being willing to, to kind of talk about that. And I, if we can spend a few minutes on today, not long because it wasn't great, and I don't really want to rehash the entire the entire match. But this was today against West Ham was my my first match ever seeing Saints live. It can only get better, Matt. I, you, you know, it's okay. Um, and so, you know, the trip over, I was I was telling Freddie it was. It was a long, it was a long flight. Kind of got here, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, about the time the second goal went in, the jet lag kicked back in, and it was, uh, yeah. it was a struggle from then on. But um, looking at our position, looking at you know, with the new manager and, and things like that, what 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 did you expect today? I mean, obviously, we probably expected some sort of reaction coming out of the I, international break. I expected a bit of fight, and and that's what was sadly lacking. And you know, okay, the third goal was was a really good goal. But the other two were so avoidable, and yeah, and and we haven't even worked the keeper. We haven't even worked the West Ham keeper. So massive disappointment today. Massive. It's not over, uh, but I feel that we've lost the chance. We've lost ground, but we lost the chance to haul West Ham in. The only uh, thing, going and now we're looking. At the, the, the numbers keep dwindling each week. You think, oh, they're safe. They're safe. They're safe. They're safe. Like Bournemouth. Brighton, even Brighton lost today. I think they're safe, but yeah, they lost at home. But you think today we've lost West Ham a little bit. Uh, three goals against as well, which ain't great for the goal difference. We're looking at Stoke and Huddersfield and Swansea, and you know, we've got to do it for ourselves. We have to, we have to get in a situation where we're putting pressure on these teams, but can't see it happening right now. The only thing going for us at the moment is the fact that other teams around us are somewhat dropping points. You know, we looked we looked at it today before the game. West Ham, we, we can leapfrog them. We can go out of the drop zone. We can put them yeah, in. But the numbers well, are dwindling, Freddie. That's yeah, what I'm saying. At the end, at the end of play, they're now five points. Now we're looking at Crystal Palace. Now we're looking at Huddersfield. Now we're looking at other teams around us, and that's the reality of the situation. We are relying on other teams around us to. In, in the have, last five six games. You've got to stop looking at what's gone on and what's not gone on. And what we know from the past is 
it's the next six games. It doesn't matter about the last 32. I mean, we, you know, we've been in worse situations many times and survived. So, but do, but, but do you see the spirit of no 99, no, no. no to 96? You know, all, all, all the relegation errors. No, no, we don't see the That's spirit. The but in most of the years that we did survive, we didn't see that spirit with four games left either. So we support football teams out of blind. You never, well, yeah. yeah. And you, you, the thing is, you never give it up till it's over. No. You know, you, whilst there's still a chance, you still keep no. fighting. And there is, there is a good chance. Two games can turn it around. Where that's coming from, I don't know right now. Exactly. But, I know, don't know either. Um, but so it's keep... mathematically impossible. Yeah. You don't give it up. And that's what football's about, isn't it? Yeah. You know this. And again, I said this several occasions. This could still be the worst season in our history and could still be the best. <laughs> you know, that's the dichotomy of the situation. If we win... I wish I knew what dichotomy meant. Seven-wide, you know. <laughs> let's just <switch. laughs> But the dichotomy, whatever that means, <laughs> means that we could either have the worst season in, our, in living memory or we could win the FA Cup, stay up, and have the best season, statistically, in living memory. So We live in that, hope. We do live in hope, <laughs> but that's why we follow it, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why we're Saints fans, because yeah. we know you know, we, we know what we are. Yeah. And uh, you, you, just, you just stick with the plot, and we go down, we go down. You, you know, and, and, and it's going to be a, a very... Very, very sad and hurtful day, but you you bounce back up and you yeah. go again. I've, I've been saying to a few people actually, if we go down, I think we have a, a better infrastructure than some of the Premier League teams that yeah. have dropped. Infrastructure, yes. I'm not sure about the playing squad. Mm, I, well. I look at players today and I think, my goodness, what would they be doing at Barnsley? What would they be doing, you know, Burton, Burton, Burton Birmingham City, whatever, you know, in the kicking kicking you up in the air and, and whatever but let's let's just go and try and stay up first and, and, and meet that problem when it comes to it absolutely and I, I would say that uh, our, our players technically probably better than a lot of sides around yeah. Premier League Championship oh, anything else but like we were talking about Cedric today he's been pretty bad the last couple of yeah. weeks and he's just getting pushed off the ball and he's getting out muscled and things like that and that stuff is not going to fly in the championship from what I've seen which is not a lot I'll be an honest international fullback yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I was looking at the uh, the three internationals we had on, on, on the pitch today uh, in Tadic, Lamina and Cedric and and uh, it what they weren't great they didn't they didn't impress me uh, a whole lot and uh, no no one really impressed so you could say that the, the uh, international like Cedric or um Bertrand, who were experienced internationals. But then again, the players who you thought would have knuckled down, Austin and the like, they didn't impress. No one impressed. The odds, the odds are against us, but that's sometimes when Saints are at their best. Yeah, exactly. So, so what what is it? Who in the who in the squad, or what what has to happen for us to to make that change? Because I, I thought I thought a lot of it was going to be the manager. I thought that. Uh, Hughes, at least it looked the second half, uh, 
in the FA Cup match, it looked like he he said he did something at halftime and we came out, we're a different team. But now I would say this is three bad halves out of four under Hughes. And yeah. maybe you start to think Brain. maybe it's Brain. not just him. Maybe there's some kind of culture. Maybe it's a hangover, whatever it is. But what has to happen for us to, to improve and stay up? Who can tell? Sometimes things happen that change seasons. And sometimes that's just a ball being rebounded off someone's ass in the goal. No one knows. We just, you go there, you back the team, and hopefully it goes in the right way. luck, don't we? Well, you, you'd hope that Mark Hughes can give the guys some confidence. I keep talking about confidence, but it really is. And I, and I, I don't believe what happened today. I just, we were, we were so much in our shell and West Ham just blew us away. It was, it was worse minutes. than Newcastle a few weeks ago. Yeah, but, but the sad thing was, we didn't learn from Newcastle in that we had a corner and then they broke away and scored yeah. a goal. You know, Same thing happened today, more or less. You know, yeah. Tadic played a short corner. It was Lamina identical. Dwelled, yeah, Lamina dwelled on the ball. I think also it was an identical corner. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lamina, mistake from him. Everyone's saying he never gives the ball away, but you can count on, you know, two hands down this season. Sometimes he's giving it away. just got to put it in the stand. Yeah. He's yeah. got set. Just even if it looks ugly. Yeah. It's pretty odd. Well, I've got to go for a so looking at looking at looking ahead a little bit we have we have Arsenal next week we have Chelsea coming up we have a, a semi-final against Chelsea we have a makeup game against Swansea we have a few of the matches do we I mean obviously it goes without saying that we need points but but where do you expect to, to pick those points up because I've been saying since uh, probably mid-February that by the end of March if we weren't clear of the relegation zone that we were in trouble looking at our run-in so, yeah. so where are those where are those points going to come from? If 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 you can fancy a guess, million question that one. Um, Relegation battles, as we've known from the point, we've had many where you don't know where the points are going to come. You just got a battle. You beat you beat teams like Chelsea, which you don't expect to beat. You go to Arsenal next week and win when you've lost there. You don't know. All you got to do is get behind the team, keep behind them, and hope. I think that, I think that's the nail on the head that. If we're going to survive, we're going to have to pull off a couple of surprise results. We have to beat one of the big boys. Yeah, that's the bottom line. We do. We've been saying it for quite a while now, um, and I think that's the reality of the situation. All right. Anybody like to add anything else on on this particular? Yeah, I I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a. Yeah. But let's let's end on a slightly more positive note then, and and I wanted to ask you to uh, to name a uh, an ugly inside eleven. So maybe from your guys' time as a as what, in the doing the fan. Years that we've yeah, been... yeah. If you could, if you okay. could kind of give right, us. Let's go through goalkeeper. Who's the best goalkeeper? Anthony Amy. What in the thirty years? Yes. Yeah. Shilton. No, I go with that. All right. Shilton, no. No, Shilton. We're talking thirty we're talking... years since eighty-eight. Yeah. Anthony Amy, I think yeah. Right back. Paul Jones. No. no. Right, right back. Jason Dog. Gotta be. Can't say that anyone between nineteen eighty-eight. No, better than Jason Dodd. No, Jason Dodd, yeah. Send him off. Killer. Michael I mean, Svensson. Do, do Svensson's good two years. Do you, go, do you go with a partnership or just throw him in? Because the, him in. the, the ultimate 11 was, was, a, was, a, was a throw up, wasn't it? I would say Klaus Underband does have to be in that because he spent most of the 14 years of his time in. So. Yeah. Uh, I would also say 
Ken Moncow's got to be a shout, surely. Ken Moncow is a good centre-half. Mark Roy, maybe tail ends. To be honest, in the terms of the ugly inside, I would say it's not a lot. I'll go with Michael Svensson. But it's Svensson and uh, Lundu Vandervaal. Yeah. Left back. Uh, is Mark a belt? I can't know. No, no, no. Wayne Bridge. No. Wayne Bridge. Franny. Uh, Matt, Matt Letizia sure. did not put sure. did not put Franny in his uh, in his eleven, and I no, he commented on it. It's pretty Bale. funny. Yeah. We didn't play enough games. <laughs> there you go. Midfield, Letizia definitely. But is he is he a forward or, or, or a midfielder? Yeah. What what are you guys playing no, here? No, you got to go three three. Four three three. So you got to go Letizia as the ten. As yeah. a ten. Yeah. Who would else be in there then? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, Ricky Lambert, definitely. Yeah. Up front. And Milano, I would say, being your midfield as well. Oh, him and Letizia, that's you need a no, you need a holding midfielder then. What about what about Marsden? Nah. It was a workhorse, Matty Oakley maybe? No. What a holding midfield no. Holding midfield. Jimmy Case. Jack Cork. Jimmy no, Case. Oh, yeah, Jimmy yeah, Case yeah, was just about there, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Case. Just about yeah. squeezed him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so Case. He's worth a goal as well. Yeah, he's getting so a goal. Lambert, definitely. So we've got Case and Litters in midfield. Where's Lalana going? Is he going up top or is he going is in Lallana midfield? Lallana in the three. No, we stick him in the three. Okay, so Lalana, Tiz, and Case. Case. So now you need, you need two wingers there. Lambert. Yeah. It's more like yeah. a 4 1 5. You can't you just got go. When we put it out on paper, we'll just kind of we'll, we'll spread today. them around on the pitch a little we bit. Wrong. I think that's where we fucking did get wrong. Lambert, BT's got to be in there. BT's a good shout. BT's good, yeah. BT was good. Pahars, there's another one. My goodness, didn't quite make the Tizzy's eleven, did he? And Ali Dyer. Of course. How can we not consider him? First man off the bench. Doesn't matter where he goes. First injury, he's in. First manager in 1988. Now. I'm going to be very unpopular here, and I'll go with Ronald Koeman. Me too. So there we go. (laughs) You're outvoted, Freddie. Two to three. You don't even get a say here. No, I'll go with Koeman. Is that... Are we done or...? If you want to be, he, he seems like he needs to go. He's got a training catch. Yeah. He's, doing, he's, doing, he's doing the I need a, I need a wee dance. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for doing this. I appreciate it. Pleasure to, pleasure to have you. All right, so I'm, I'm Matt. I'm from uh, California. I am a, a Saints fan. This, I witnessed my first Saints match today against West Ham. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I must have brought bad luck with me. Yeah, hi, man. I'm Gary. And I'm Robbie. Nice to meet you guys. And you too. And, yeah. I, and I hear you guys are from part of the London Saints. Is that... Yeah, we, uh, I was one of, the, one of the founder members of the London Saints back in the late 70s. Okay. And it's our 40th anniversary later this year. Okay. So... Um, Unfortunately, today is not one of our better experiences, but that's supporting the Saints. It's, it's ups and downs, and I'm afraid you've had a big down today. You know, it, I think it's all part of it, right? It's a, of course, it's, it's, it's when you support a football team. Sorry, it's, soccer in your case. No, it's okay. I, <laughs> I struggle to call it football every time. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, we've had some great experiences watching this over the years watching the Saints. And uh, I'm not, not sure how long you're over here for. Uh, about a week or, or so, about nine days. Okay. You're going to be 
you're going to miss the semi-final then? I'm going to miss the semi-final. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a shame because with the Saints, you never can tell. We could pull off a surprise. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So in your time, you know, London Saints, when I, I'm being from the from the States, I look at, at how close you guys are to... You know, to Southampton, yeah. and how you, yeah. but then I look at the time it takes when I say, you know, how long does it take to get from London to Southampton? And I go, how does it take that long? So, what, what, um, you know, do you do you guys often go down to St. Mary's as a, as a group, or how does that work? Yeah, well, what, what's happened over the years is that um, there's a lot of people from Southampton who, who were born there, moved up to London to work, and there's a few, a lot of people who live in the London area who, who come down to support them. I mean, Gary and I have both lived in Southampton and lived in London, so that's how things got moving. Because you know, it's it's yeah. Although obviously it's small distances to the states for for, for the UK, it's it's yeah. And so it's like the social stuff as well as the as well as the footy. You know, we have pool matches, darts, football tours. Yeah, football tours abroad. Yeah. <laughs> And in, 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 not so much these days, but in the past, we've had meetups with the teams, Christmas and the end of the season. Okay. Uh, including this pub. Including this pub, yeah. Right here. There's a yeah, few after, stories from upstairs after, in this pub. After, after West Ham. After we shut the radio up, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can tell yeah. me about it. After West Ham, some years ago, when we drew 3-3, in one of the great escape years, we had a, a party upstairs here, so... Uh, you know, it's uh, it's got got fond memories. This pub. Well, hopefully we don't taint it with today's memories. No, 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 no. no. Well, it's going to be a moment. The fact that we we stayed out the year, so uh, coming here again that, could that, be a could be a good moment. So. so when the when, when the team is is away, do you guys get to get together and watch the match somewhere, or or? or well, you, generally speaking, we go to the away games okay. as well. So, all right. Um, all right. Um, we went to Wigan last week. The FA Cup, so uh, that was a very, very interesting trip for me. Yeah, because it was, it was absolutely impossible to get from Southampton via public transport to stick, to get to the start of the game, and it got even worse because the first two trains in that morning were cancelled. I stayed in the bath with a mate, and we got train up from Bristol. We had a very, very hairy taxi drive <laughs> in the snow from Bath to Bristol. We got to the game. Uh, there were four minutes gone when we finally got there. Uh, we did stop for a quick bear. Yeah, okay, of course. course. As you do. Uh, but uh, that's that's the type of thing you do when you're a Saints fan. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you support through thick and thin. And if you, if you didn't do that, you know... Uh, it just wouldn't wouldn't be worth it. It's 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 about the camaraderie uh, and and the and the crack, as the Irish would say. It, it's uh, you know, I f- first met this man uh, back in the eighties. Would have been eighty three, probably. Long way back, right? Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, I got I got a I got a phone call from a, from a mate of mine, uh, a guy called Mick Stanley. He said oh, he was living in London. I was living in Bath at the time. He says, "I've just met this bunch of loonies, Saints fans in London, right?" And he said, "They're going to Amsterdam uh, on a tour, football tour." He said, "Do you want to go?" Well, of course, the answer was immediately yes. And we've been good friends ever since. And that group. Probably there's probably about ten of us from that first tour who still regularly go to football together. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, 
like for me, you know, we, we, this is my family's first time outside of the United States. So we're over here. We're here for, you know, a week or so, a week and a half. And, uh, you know, we scheduled it because, you know, I tell my wife, we scheduled it because the plane tickets were cheap. We scheduled it because Saints were playing in London two weekends in a row, and I was going to try to get to both games. That was really it. Um, Unfortunately, now the Arsenal games moved to Sunday, but that's okay. But uh, just, you know, like you guys said, it's so much more about meeting, you know, me sitting here with you guys and me talking to Freddie and and Clive and Nick, and it's so much more about meeting everybody that I've, I've interacted with online than, than the football. I'm not going to let that kind of kind of ruin it. And I'm sure you guys have had, uh, you know, some, some very fond memories of, of running into each other and going each other uh, with each other outside the outside the country and everything else. But um, any any kind of really big fond memories that you've had uh, as the London Saints or since the London Saints have been a thing, whether it's on the pitch or off. We could tell you, but they're not really broadcast. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, so so uh, as 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 a group, uh, we had football tours throughout Europe for many years and we've had cricket tours as well Uh, so we've been as far as Prague and Budapest and Lubyanka Mallorca yeah Gdansk so and uh, these are always crazy trips (laughs) (laughs) and uh, like I said we you, you, you can't say everything, but they're, but they're always forged incredib- incredibly uh, uh, good relationships with other football teams and other cricket teams we've played. There's always been a bit of alcohol well, there's, involved, there's, as you can imagine. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's been a, quite a lot of charity work as well. We went to Sri Lanka. Do you remember the tsunami some years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Christmas before that, we had booked to do a cricket tour in Sri Lanka. And just after that Christmas that happened, so we decided we were going to go and did a major uh, charity fundraising event. Yeah, and so, so uh, basically uh, Gaul in Sri Lanka was really badly hit and uh, we supported uh, some, a local village and a local orphanage uh, down there uh, and the, there is actually a uh, fishing boat called the London Saints. Oh, really? Uh, that hopefully is still out there and, and actually, you know, fishing and actually keeping the village alive. Uh, I, I do believe some of the guys still support the orphanage now. Uh, e- equally, we, we also went to Trinidad and Tobago to play cricket as well. Uh, so, and, and this only works. Uh, because of the years everyone's known each other, done things together, uh, you know, we've, we've seen each other's families grow up and, and, yeah. and these things. And, and, and we recently uh, uh, supporting one of our, our members who's, who's not been, been well. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so the camaraderie uh, goes beyond football. Uh, and it's been great relationships and friendships been formed over all of those years. Absolutely, absolutely. So, if somebody wanted to get in contact with the London Saints, if maybe you know, Saints fans moving from some other part of the country or some other part of the world into London wants to get in contact with you, who would they who would they go to, or how would they do that? Yeah, well, well, well Mick, Stric- Mick, a website. Mick, Mick Strickland yeah. is our current chairman. Yeah. There is a London Saints website, yeah. and I can't remember his address it's, uh, or www.londonsaints.com. Okay, and we'll put so that, that, we'll was, put that yeah, in the show I mean, notes for people. That's available, obviously, worldwide, so uh, if anybody wants interested, they can, you know, 
find out things on the website. So. All right. Yeah, and, but, and uh, uh, it's it's there's many things we we talked about sports teams, but uh, we also uh, collaborate in getting tickets uh, uh, for people. Uh, I should have like, used you then. For instance, if I'm not going to an away game. Uh, then the, the, through through my season ticket and membership, we can get tickets for other people uh, rather than the rigmarole of, of, of dealing with ticket buying, which is it's just quite difficult, really. And, 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 and one thing about Britain is a, is a horrendous price of train fares, which you may or may not find out if you travel outside London. And a lot of the Saints do group train fares, which are probably about half the price if you walk up and buy a train fare, so uh, being from being from America, you know, I, I look at the pounds and I don't translate it properly. I translate it one to one, and so then when I get my credit yeah. card statement, oh, it goes like, "Oh, oh man, close enough, yeah, mate. it's close enough." So, usually, I'm glad it was, for a while it was it was almost double, and I'm glad yeah. it's not there now. Otherwise, we probably couldn't have done it. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. The train I have heard about the train fares. Um, we are going to go down to Southampton and, and check out St. Mary's next week. Uh, yeah. Do the Sea City Museum and look at all of the. Uh, oh, you're going to do the exhibition. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I have good. to. I have to while I'm here. So I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, thank you guys so much for for talking with me. I know it's kind of spur of the moment. And, oh, and, and, and then that, I appreciate it. Just a shame it was a, <laughs> such a. Yeah. It was that. It was. It was. It's not that bad all the time. But. Yeah. No. 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 It's. Uh, yeah. This was probably the worst performance of the season, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah. you know. We, we, ha- we have to you. carry on. We have to carry on. And it's, it, Absolutely. It's, you know, we, We've been through worse. We're Saints fans. We've we, lost we, to Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys very much. Okay. Thank you. And that does it for episode 65 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Gary H., who is at BossGSH on Twitter, uh, to Wiz at Wiz.I.Am on Twitter, and to Roy Vinner, uh, who is only on Facebook and via WhatsApp. Uh, so thank you so much for arranging those tickets, and thank you to everybody who responded and helped spread the word um, when I was in need. I really do appreciate that. As always, we'd like to thank the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has always been a huge help. Uh, he does the artwork for the show, and uh, he's, he's a real good dude, so go ahead and check out that page. Another reminder, we are partnered with The Saints Report, so for all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to check out The Saints Report on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You will not be disappointed. All the music for this week's episode comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. Uh, the intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the outro song that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. Once again, congratulations to The Ugly Inside for being around for 30 years and continuing to progress and change uh, and give fans a voice that they otherwise might not have. And also to the London Saints for 40 years of support. Uh, home and away uh, for organizing, helping, and everything else that they do. Um, lots and lots of stories that I got to hear about them, by the way, uh, off the record or fantastic. Um, and uh, I particularly enjoyed the conversation. So thank you to Robbie and Gary for that. Thank you to Nick, Clive, and Freddie. Uh, thank you to, to all of you uh, for accepting me and hosting me uh, and helping me as I attempt to navigate your country and your city uh, of London and Southampton. 
and um, I, I can't thank you enough. So uh, I think that is it for this week. We will be back next week, as I said, with an interview with Anthony Niemi. Um, and I believe I'm also going to be able to talk to, uh, to John from the Saints FC podcast uh, later this week and hopefully Ben as well um, in, a, in a week's time or so. So thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, I will talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Until then, uh, until next time, remember that together we march on.